0: Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at TheBrokenToken.com.
1: Alexa, give the intro for this episode of RDTN.
0: Sorry, I don't know that.
1: Vanessa, give the intro for this episode of RDTN.
0: On today's episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, the guys will interview Justin Jacobson and Rob Davio from Restoration Games, on the new Fireball Island. They will also give reviews of Middle Earth Quest and Flamme Rouge. One new notification, your monthly shipment of Moon Pies will arrive today by 3 p.m. Welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, proud member of the Dice Tower Network. That's going to be for our second quarter requirements, Marty, (laughs) okay? This is episode number 141, not 105, Uh, Fantasy Island's the name, and I'm Tony. And this is Marty. Yeah, he's breaking it open. He's got the mango twist. All right, so here's the deal. In episode
1: 140, uh, Tony breaks out the the flavored Diet Coke. I don't even know what they're called. Diet Coke, something. You tell me, Mister Diet Coke expert. No,
0: well, that's mango twist. You got it
1: right there, what I tell. Okay, it's just this a uh, line of Diet Cokes that are flavored, and I went off on it. And I said they're they're horrible. I believe it was my exact word. So on our last game day, Tony brought me a Diet Coke mango saying. This one is good, because I've tried some others like Blood Orange and stuff, was not a fan for it. So here, live, Tony, I'm going to take a sip of this Diet Coke mango, and we'll just see how good it is, okay?
0: Okay, don't be surprised if your tongue beats your face, silly, it tastes so good. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Uh, The lid has been, let me hear.
1: It's got a sweet bouquet to it. I do appreciate the bouquet, so uh, let's, let's try it out. I'm trying to give an unbiased opinion here, okay? Because I was pretty, really down on this, so I'm trying to keep an open mind here. I need to take another sip here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite flavors of the new flavors of Diet Coke. Okay.
1: Of all the Diet Coke flavored drinks that I've tried that have come out, I, I will say this is the best. Okay. This is the best flavored one that I've tried. It still has the Diet Coke taste, but it is masked a lot more so than a lot of the other drinks. So... Thank you for the drink. If I'm ever given another mango diet Coke, I will partake and I will be sipping uh, the rest of the show here.
0: And, uh, you know, for me, I enjoy my diet Coke with lime, still always will. You said it was discontinued last episode. But they're showing up again, so maybe enough letters have gone in. But I'm, but I'm very disappointed in you. In uh, me? Why? So you ran, on our Board Game Geek Guild number 1589, you ran the NCAA bracket challenge, right? Correct. I cannot believe you did not run the Hallmark Movie Bracket Challenge. That was actually something worth, you could win, $10,000 if you made it all the way to the end or if your name was chosen or something. How could you forget about the Hallmark Movie Bracket Challenge? I didn't know the Hallmark Movie Bracket Challenge even existed. Well, you posted on Facebook about all the new Hallmark movies that are coming out. I mean, 38 of them for Christmas? Or is it for July? I, I can't. I can't keep track. No, well, I think they do start in July.
1: There's like 38 of them. So here's the thing, Tony. In, in my house, uh, Vanessa, my wife, is a huge Christmas movie fan from the Hallmark Channel. Well, same here. Donna loves them. And now there's going to be what? What's what was it? 38 of these things coming out. So I am. I am dreading it. But luckily, Vanessa's friends are going to come over. They're going to have viewing parties. So on those nights, that's that's our gaming nights right there. Okay. <laughs> I want to get out of the house as they wow. sit here and watch a Christmas movie, which I can already tell you to the plot to. There's some person who's working hard at their job and, who likes this other person, who's actually not a very good person f- for them. Somebody else comes up out of the blue. You wouldn't think they would go together, but in the end, they go together. You say that's our gaming night? Well, how do you know I'm not watching it with my wife, huh? I don't, and you may be. And if you do, I, I think that's great. I've actually sat on the couch and watched some with Vanessa.
0: I can't watch 38 of them, though. Well, you'd be surprised. You'd surprise yourself. What? I just finished watching three hours of the Spring Break Challenge on the Food Network. <laughs> That's, uh, 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 that gets a, a lot of play in here too. Hey,
1: uh, speaking of disappointment, yes. after our last episode where you came <laughs> out firing with one of the most incredible episode titles to go along with the show, Wheel in the Sky, to go along with the game Noria that we reviewed. In this episode, we're going to be interviewing Justin Jacobson Restoration Games about Fireball Island. I thought this was a freaking layup and you come back and you pick Fantasy Island by Herb Alpert, which I had never heard before. And I said, is this the same guy that was with the Tijuana brass? It is. It's Mm -hmm. some instrumental song I've never heard. And you totally miss the easy song that should have been for this episode.
0: And what was the easy song? Thunder Island by Jay Ferguson thunder island by jay ferguson i've never heard of no, it. yes you have listen Love, oh yeah yeah you know uh, okay fireball so- island was- thunder island come on it was right there when you go out and you type in, give me songs with title of fire in them, and all of a sudden you get, well, Ring of Fire, Johnny Cash, okay. um, Fire Down Below by Bob Seger, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to all and reading the lyrics, they're all about love, and, and and Fire Down Below, I never knew that that song was what it was about. I uh, actually so don't know what it's about, so. It's about, uh, it's about prostitution. Oh, okay. I'm like, really? Get out of here. And of course, Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire is... All about uh, being burned in a loving burn, loving ring of fire. You know, love is a ring of fire. Burn, 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 burn. Oh, God. I kept listening to that, and that led me to another Johnny Cash song, which <laughs> led me to, oh, I got to get back on track. Oh, my goodness. So you're right. I missed that one. And then when I pulled up all the Island songs in there, I saw Fantasy Island and I was thinking, okay, so people.
1: What about Island Girl from Elton John? That has nothing to do with. No, yeah, it's... I saw Island oh, Girl. Oh, and Island. this jazz song, Fantasy Island, has something to do with it? Did you listen to it? I listened to it.
0: I never heard Did it. Did you again. not hear the jungle sounds? <laughs> and as we'll find out from from Justin and Rob. They got all kinds of positive things about Fireball Island for the jungle and things like that. And I'm like, okay, Fantasy Island, Jungle Song, Fireball Island. Everybody thought it was going to be a fantasy to ever get it back and Restoration Games bringing it back. There's your tie-in. Yes, I screwed up and missed Thunder Island. Fine, whatever. What did you find out about Herb Albert?
1: Th- nothing. He was with Tijuana Press. I was just so stunned that you didn't pick Thunder Island. I was like, this can't be the same guy. But it, yeah, it was the guy that... The, the, the Tijuana Brass thing, which is what he's known for.
0: Yeah, I didn't
1: know he was still recording.
0: This came out in 2010. That is incorrect. I thought it was. I thought you, it you need up to go
1: back and look. That was a remastered version. I think it came out in the early 80s. Oh, oh, oh my
0: bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Are you are you done? Uh, let's see. You were, hold on.
1: You were disappointed in me. I'm disappointed in you. That score is tied. I'm done.
0: And then taking the last shot on the journey at the end of the thing. There, trying to get in a lot. La- okay, that was nice. Well done.
1: Are you talking about at the end of the last episode, you drop these little segments. So people may not know what you're talking about. I got one last little dig in at the end of the last episode on the journey. Song, I Try trying I to
0: get him to go back and listen to it, but not as disappointed as you and I are over the demise of Toys R. <sighs> so sad. Have you been back? No, I'm, I don't want to go and cry. No,
1: I went, I went last weekend and it's freaking emotional. It's really stupid how emotional that is. But the reason why Tony is the one I went to is the one that you and I basically not, not necessarily grew up with, but we moved into an apartment right after college. The one that we go to frequently was the one that opened and then we've been going there for years. And then we took our kids there and it just had all these memories, man. It's, it's sad to see it
0: go. Oh, yeah. It's another thing going by the wayside. Poor management, running into the ground, not being competitive with online retailers. What can we say about it? I mean, yes, we went there. I remember getting up um, on Black Friday, trying to find something for Rebecca, running over there, standing in the long lines. Mm-hmm. But it, it was all part of the her growing up, you're right, taking her there, letting her ride the little um, cars around Toys R Us, and then what was it, uh, getting our collectibles and then going to the comic book store? Yes.
1: Yep. Yes. <laughs> we had a whole routine, didn't we? Right beside the yes. Toys R Us was a Chinese little Chinese restaurant beside mm-hmm. the comic book store where mm-hmm. we go get our comics and ball cards, eat Chinese, go to Toys R Us, and look around. Yeah,
0: see what figurines are in, see if we could pick up the latest Spawn, Todd McFarlane action figure. Dude, I remember calling them. Uh, we were into the Todd McFarlane action figures. I mean,
1: big time. Because they, at the time, they were like blowing anything else away. We had been used to to what? The little Star Wars figures and stuff, yeah. which were nothing compared to these. And I remember when Ken Griffey Jr. went back to the Reds, I was calling uh, Toys R Us, asking them, did you get a shipment in? Did you get a shipment in? Because not every case of the McFarlane figures had a Ken Griffey in it. And when they finally said they got one in, I went, ran over there and I made them open the box and dig through it and they found one and I got it. And I still have it to this day.
0: And I still have my Todd McFarlane. Um, I don't know if I have the spawn, but I do have, I think it was Angela from the first edition of the spawn comics, that big figurine. I still have that one. Yep. And I still, I still have it when I was over there and they were opening up the star Wars and I had the um, slave Leia still got that one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, it it was sad. I think there's
1: some sales going on right now. I mean, a lot of people now talk about Toys R Us. How's the board game collection? Well, I I never went there for the board game collection. It it was the other stuff. But it's the memories of like you Tony. It's the kids, it's taking the kids there, it's standing outside on Black Friday. It's uh, just a, just a matter of what 2 or 3 years ago when they re-released uh, the Pokemon Red Blue, and it was the anniversary of the release of Pokemon. They were giving away a poster, a free poster. Everybody that had the original 151 Pokemon on it. All my boys went there. We stood in line. And we each got a poster, and it's still hanging up in my office
0: today. And that reminds me. You could actually go to Toys R Us and get special trades on your Pokemon. I forgot about that. The Pokemon uh, card game. No, it was the the video game too. You could go in, remember when they instituted the trading, they actually had them at Toys R Us where you could go in and trade at the Toys R Us and get special edition ones there. It was, you know, you'd go in and then they always had the Pokemon trading card days. But I'll be honest with you, Mark, I haven't been back to Poke, uh, Pokemon, to Toys R Us in probably about, I'd say maybe close to eight, 10 years. Oh, as sad as I am and as upset as I am, it's my fault.
1: It's my fault and everybody like me who stopped going to Toys R and supporting them because we were buying online from Amazon and every other place because we wanted it cheaper. So I'm part of the blame of this and and I just, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah. All right. That's depressing enough. So disappointment, disappointment, depression. God, can we have anything exciting to talk about? Uh,
0: I've been playing Charterstone.
1: Okay. How's that been going? I think you've just been playing two player, right?
0: Yes, I have been. Um, wait, you've said something more uplifting. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm just kidding. Just wow. kidding. Wow. Oh yeah, mm. there it is. What are you saying? Okay. Oh, here we go. Uh, what I am saying is, you know how we always say, well, this is a great gateway game. This is a great gateway game. Yes. Charter would do that in the worker placement. I believe. Okay. I believe it is one of those games that if you, you put out a blank board in front of a bunch of people. And the reason why you know some of the constant complaints are it's so long to get into, and we've we've made it through four games. Kevin and I have made it through four games. I'm not bringing in the Audubons or Automots or whatever they call them. I don't care. I'm just doing a two-player game. Mm-hmm. It says you can play one to six. Well, by gosh, if I had to bring in some AI into it, it says you don't need it, then I'm not going to do it. I won't see how true it is. And so, yes, the first few games were very sluggish, mm. but you still have that excitement of... Being able to, ooh, did I get, I can put this sticker on the board. Ooh, what's the new rule? Ooh, what's in that little box? So you still have that from the legacy feel of it. Right. But from a basic worker placement game, it is a basic worker placement game. Well, over the course of games, does it get more complex? I've yet to see it. It's been four games. Okay. I'm serious. It's been only four games, two players. But what I've been told by Kevin is I've seen pretty much a lot of the content already. Okay. Is it more complex? No. It's a, hey, put your person here, get your resources, take your resources off, go do this. I don't want to be a spoiler or anything. You know, convert, convert, get some victory points. Yay, we got a winner. That's really where it's Going to, and I know that the ultimate goal is to get to the end. Every every game will have an ultimate uh, a winner, and that little winner gets to do something on his little tuck box. Mm, okay. At the end of this legacy game, you'll have the ultimate winner. And how many games is it typically? I think people have been saying close to twelve. Okay. All right. So so you're not even halfway there yet. Not even halfway there. Just a third of the way. If it is twelve, I I don't know, but I will say this. I yes. can't ditch it too much. I did go to the Fun Again warehouse clearance sale, uh-huh. and we, we put together an order, and I told Kevin, go ahead and order me the recharge pack. Okay, cool. So that I can get Donna involved and maybe some new neighbors who've never done a worker placement legacy style game. I think this might just do that for them, you know? All right, you put your little worker in, you take your little worker out, you put your little worker in, mm-hmm. and you shake him all about. And then you can have a weekly, bi-weekly you know, game night and,
1: and play through it. Right. And this time with four players versus two. And you're not uh, inundating them with tons of new stuff, which we tend to do, right? It's like, well, let me show you this mm-hmm. new game. Whereas new gamers are like, look, can we just keep playing the old game? And But this right. old game keeps changing a little bit over time. So I think that might be actually a good idea for people to are just getting into the hobby.
0: Yeah. And we got into a good discussion. Mark Kell and I got into a real good discussion from uh, Scurry Report about how his board or or whatever game he's playing will be different than mine. Yeah. So at the end game, you actually have a worker placement game. And if I go play it on mine, it may be different than yours if you were to do it. And therefore, did you actually have the, um, were you as efficient as I was or was I as efficient? Oh, is that how y'all did that? But that will be interesting. I want to play someone's finished charter stone versus mine and see if any of the strategy changes.
1: Yeah, that that'd be really cool, and I think we do have a few people around uh, our game group in Charlotte that's actually playing through tar- Charterstone. So that would be neat if everybody finished and then you trade the boards uh, just to compare mm-hmm. the experiences.
0: So more more to come on that as we make it through it. But I, you know, obviously it's not a horrible game, a bad game, but is it a game that all of a sudden it requires you to say, "Oh, I gotta go get that." If you want to try a legacy worker placement game such as this, give it a
1: shot. You know, actually, I had a uh, two player game that I pulled out the other day. I was uh, the, last week, uh, we we're going into the weekend, and, and my wife said, uh, Hey, Marty, um, let's play a game Friday night. I, I, I immediately got excited. And I, <laughs> from, from the, I, no, I'm just, I'm just jittery here. From the Fun Again sale, uh, the warehouse sale, uh, I ordered uh, the Buffy the Legendary game. The Legendary. Buffy game from uh, Upper Deck. And I also ordered the Eldritch Har new expansion, uh, which is kind of like a a campaign type game where you play it uh, through several times. And Vanessa said, I either want to play uh, the legendary Buffy or I want to play Eldritch Har. Now, when she said those words to me, that would be just like her coming out in a cute little sexy negligee. That's where I was going, man. I, I got turned on just as much of her saying, let's play one of these games as, as, as her doing something like that. So I was just excited. I don't know which one to do. I don't know which one to do. So I actually put it on Twitter. I asked our followers at Dyson Names, what should we play? Overwhelmingly, people said Eldritch Char. Great. So Friday night, Vanessa said, look, I'm going to go. I got some errands to do around the house. You start getting the game set up. So I pulled out the base game. I had merged it with the previous expansion. So I had to spend some time pulling out all the expansion cards from the base game because I just wanted to play with the new expansion. So I went and sorted all that stuff out. Then I opened up the new expansion and I punched it out and I opened it up and I sorted the cards and I mixed in the cards. And then I had to read the rules to refresh myself. It's been so long since I played to refresh myself from the base game rules. And then the expansion add some additional rules. And then we got set up. It took me two hours to, Two hours to split apart the previous expansion, bring in the new expansion, reread the rules, and get everything ready to go. So we're finally ready to go. We sit down. We refresh each other over the rules. 30 minutes later, both our characters died. Oh, that was kind of a letdown. It was a huge letdown. Now, according to the rules, we can start a brand new character. But this was supposed to be like a legacy game, uh, a campaign game where your character can go from a campaign to campaign neither of us really wanted to pick up in the middle of a game with a new character and just wanted to kind of roll back to the beginning. But I told Vanessa, I said, be honest with you Vanessa. I've been sitting here staring at this thing for two and a half hours and I don't want to play. She said, well, let's play tomorrow. So on Saturday morning, I start putting it away. She said, I thought we were going to play. I said, Vanessa, I said, Last night was such a stinking letdown. i was just going to put the
0: game back in the box, back on the shelf. So we didn't play anything. I'm still at the very beginning where I'm thinking. So that's what our, our advanced years have become, where our wives come and say, hey, yep. I want to play a game. And we, yes!
1: <laughs> now, if she was to put on something sexy and come out and say, let's play a game, I, you would have to call, it a,
0: call me an ambulance. So I'd have a heart attack. Well, and if it was two hours later, if it's anything around like this house one of us would be taking a nap. (laughs) because <laughs> donna got back from um vacation she had one day at work today and i come home the poor lay- thing is laid out asleep because it was you know a rough day at work for her.
1: but you know i was talking about uh just a real quick quick thing though vanessa and i did play a shorter game that we really liked um have you ever heard of uh, happy salmon from north star games have uh, seen all their pictures and everything so yep i've seen it got the card game where you basically stand there and you make all these motions you have to match they've come out the new one called funky chicken Where instead of doing like hand motions, you're actually doing dance, dance routine. So you have a deck of cards and you flip over the top card and you have to either do the funky chicken or spin with, you have to find somebody with a matching card and do something with them, like spin around with them or do the hokey pokey or or whatever. And the goal is, is try to match uh, everybody on each every card and be the first one to finish win. So that's a cool Game The Funky Chicken go along with Happy Salmon. But the other game that we got from them, Monster Match is really, really cool. And this is going to be one of these I'm going to throw in the bag when I go places. It plays up to six players. It's a deck full of monsters. And they can have any number of uh, like uh, up to zero to five eyes, zero to five arms, zero to five legs. And what you do is you put 10 cards out on the table and you got two dice. One is a number die from zero to five. And the other is a die that shows a picture of an eye, an arm, a leg. You roll the dice and it may say three eyes. You have to look on the table and point. Put your finger on one of the monsters that has three eyes. If you're the first person to do it, you claim that card. And it has little points at the bottom. If you don't claim one, well, you just don't get any points. As the cards start disappearing, you may roll and there's not a match. There's a zilch card in the middle of the table. The first person to touch zilch indicates hey there's there's nothing here that matches that and that brings out 10 new cards from the deck and you keep collecting cards over the course of the game and once the deck is empty the person who has the most points from their monsters wins the game simple easy game but a lot of fun especially this is a great game for kids because you got to be quick on Okay, how many? Okay, I need five legs. You gotta look around, try to find a monster with five legs or one with three arms and quickly point to it. So it's a great game for kids, but it's also a great game for adults too. So uh, North Star Games has really come up with these really fun little games. It's filler games that could be played in, in six to 10 minutes. Uh, highly recommend uh, uh, both of those, but Monster Match is really sweet. So next time, Tony, when we get together, I'm just gonna have that in our bag, and we're sitting around waiting on that because they're late to get there. We'll just play that real quick. Well,
0: that usually is me. Oh, that's a good point. So I'll play with my other friends until you get there, or you can do like me, and I just there was a sale on the iPad Store for Quicks and the Game. For 99 cents, you get both of those games. And you now you like Quicks, I do. And so I downloaded that. And I've been playing the snot out of Quicks after I finish all my turns on Ascension. I go and play a quick game of Quicks, and I try to do real. I've gotten up to about on the solo mode about 110, and it's always fun. When you have those iPad games to remind you of how to play an old game that you like. and matter of fact, I brought it out when Donna was gone. People felt sorry for me, invited me over to dinner. I went over. And uh, and if I go to someone's dinner, I'm going to be whipping out a game.
2: And-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. <gasps> sorry, that, that's a Blazing Saddles reference. They loved Quicks.
0: They thought it was a great little game. So
1: you, you actually just brought something else to mind. Today on Steam, uh, Through the Ages was released. One of those okay. games,
0: one of those classic games I actually
1: have on my shelf that we've never played. And I'm wondering, hmm, I wonder if the tutorial is really good on the Steam version and maybe ought to try to learn it that way and then play the full version because I've always wanted to play that game.
0: I've already been told I have to buy it for the iPad because somebody wants to play me on it. So I got I to gotta figure, got to drop a big nine ninety nine. just call it $10. Is it cross-platform by any chance? Yes, I've already looked that up. Oh, okay. I don't know if Steam can go to the iPad, but I know the iPad can go to the Android. I bet you it's cross-platform, because
1: I know that um, uh, Lords of Waterdeep was. I guess it depends on who makes it. So, hey, if you get a game in, let me know, because I wouldn't mind learning how to play.
0: Okay, we're going to do that. I just got to, you know... S- put off ten dollars in my ipad account and make that happen and then you know as long as it do- hey it better not cut into ascension time you in ascension i don't know why but yes i enjoy that and that's that- good that's nothing wrong with that
1: it's probably not losing its taste like this uh mango diet coke is i'm, I'm about done with it you're you're so weak no it, it, it's just it's just kind of getting old so you know what i'm i'm gonna go get a different drink and- initiative begins in three
0: two one in 2009 one of our favorite games came out that got us into board gaming and that was starcraft well marty and i got to sit at the table and play another incredible game by Corey kaniska christian t peterson and who is brian what tim Urin. you what'd you just say you run U-R-E-N. I I can see how you could totally mess that up. I'd set you up for that one. Sorry, buddy. So that was Middle Earth Quest. Both of them came out about the same time, 2009 Fantasy Flight Games. And you picked StarCraft over this. I don't fault you for this, but I am so glad we got to play this game because there was a mechanic in this game, Marty, that I just loved. And that was the battling with the cards. Now, for those of you who don't know, this game is all about trying to defeat back Sauron. Played by one of the players. It's a one versus mini game. While the other players are trying to win for the free people. Basically, Sauron's got a secret objective. The free people got a secret objective. When you eventually get to a certain part on the track, you see whose secret objectives were accomplished. And if one person got them and the other group did not that person wins and if they both had their secret objectives then there's a final battle and whoever wins that there's your winner so no victory points huh you know i didn't i didn't see any Mm -hmm. were there any i don't remember any yep not not not
1: an air one in this game yeah. This game was one of those that, uh, our friend, uh, Nate on the scurry report has been honest for months. Guys, you got to play this. You got to play this. You got to play this. Finally, we had a big game day where we, where we could get it to the table because this is about a three hour game. So when you're going to sit down you're going to invest in it, but once Nate set this thing up and it's like a double board thing, Tony, mm-hmm. it was yep. beautiful. It was huge. It took up the whole table. It had nice miniatures, just the epicness of it on the table is what kind of set the mood for this epic adventure and, and that's what it was each of us played a different character and what i like tony it wasn't one of the main characters we weren't playing as aragorn or frodo we were playing as like secondary characters but those other characters aragorn etc were like npcs in the game so you can like use them as allies and, and as benefits but like you said tony you referenced the cards earlier this game has no dice in it it's all about cards everything is your cards you have a deck of cards as with each character. And there are several things. They're your life. They're how much damage that you take over time. You run out of life cards. You're considered dead. You have to spend those cards to get those cards back. You have to rest. But Tony, like you said, the combat with the cards was honestly one of
0: the best combat mechanics I've played in the game in a long time. I'm gonna ask you, cause this is very important. If it hadn't been for those cards, would you have enjoyed it as much? Because for me, if if those cards had not and that mechanic not been there, This game might have fell flat with me. Well, I don't know what it would have been replaced with. So it's hard for me to say whether that would have been
1: a a game changer for me.
0: Well, if it had been dice or anything like that. I mean, yes, it was the theme and everything and the hidden quest. But did it really resonate with you? I mean, I I enjoyed the mythos behind it. But I started thinking about it. It was just like, you know, had it not been for the battling of those cards and how that was resolved, Hmm. I'm not sure... I really would have enjoyed that game very much. I probably would never have played it again had it not been for that one mechanic. I didn't like how I moved, and there were just some other things. And Lord help us if we had to read all the flavor text. Come on, people. Let's get to the chase. Well, we, had, well, we started out reading the flavor text, and, and eventually we,
1: we stopped over time. But one thing I do like about this game, Tony, that was there was these, a built-in game clock. So every time we took a turn, our story token would move. But while the Sauron player was trying to move three of his tokens, there were three different ways for, for that to happen. Uh, if either one of our tokens hit one of his three or ours gets to the end first, like you said, that first person there, if they complete their objective game over, otherwise there's a, there's a fight at the end, but he has three tokens. And if he gets all three to one certain track on the board, Then he has a chance to quickly see if he was the end up being the winner of his secret objective. And that's where we ended up, Tony. The end of the game was so tense. We played for three hours. And at the very end, both of us had achieved our objectives. So we went down to a final battle between the Nazgul and one of our opponents or or one of our characters. And on the last card play, we ended up losing. That was sweet. Three hours to end like that, even though we lost, I still loved it. So here's the deal. If this game ever comes out on the table again, I am all in. In fact, I immediately went and looked to see how much it is. It's out of print. You can't get it anymore. But Nate still has it, so i want to play again. Tony, will you be in?
0: I'll be in just for the card mechanic and the fact that now it's kind of a, a hidden deduction game for me. If I can figure out whose quest he's, or what the secret objective is, then I can be able to understand it even more and try to prevent him from reaching that objective. Five-minute
2: initiative is
0: Miniature dot com slash RDTN go there. Go there now. Do not wait. Just <laughs> click there. Go there. Make it happen. You'll get a discount. You'll get a code and check out their incredible selection that they have. They are getting new stuff constantly. Matter of fact, I was on their page the other day. Marty and Voluspa from Stronghold Games, I think I said that right, came in and was already sold out. I'm like, what up with that? And don't forget about their daily specials that I get that email every morning. First thing email mm-hmm. I open up, I'm saying, okay, what do they have? What are they trying to pawn off on me today? And you got to get
1: to that stuff pretty quick because if you sit on it too long and you go out there, it's up. oh, too late, already lost it.
0: Yeah, I've done that. Cheap shipping $5.99. That's at miniaturemarket.com.
2: Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one.
1: Two years ago, Stronghold Games released a game called Flam Rouge, which ex- everybody was going crazy about. And Tony, somehow we missed it. It was we saw it. We sit there. We said we should try this. We should play it. But everybody's already been talking about it. And it's one of those games we, we just never got off the shelf. So we decided one day, all right, we got a little bit of time. Let's pull it off. And when I first read the rules, Tony, I was like, whoa, how can this game be so good? It's so simple. You have a team of two riders. You have a deck of cards for each rider. They're numbered from like three to nine or something like that. You draw four, four cards on your turn. You pick one card for each rider. Simultaneously, everybody does that. Flip them over. You move your little bikes around, the, around a track. And the first person across the finish line wins the game. It's as simple as that, Tony. But we had a ball plan.
0: And I think we had a ball because bicycle, bicycle. We want to ride our bicycles. We want to ride our bike. But <laughs> we had a ball because... That was a waste of 10 uh, seconds of the five-minute initiative. And that you still interrupted me and wasted another five minutes, five seconds. But for me... It was the placing of the card. Which cards to pick from those four? Oh my goodness. A lot of strategy goes into that. You wouldn't think so, but there is because you have to really be thinking ahead. You have to say, where are my uh, riders going to come up? Ooh, what's he going to play? How am I going to slide in with him? Is he going to get it so that I suddenly am in front of the pack and I take those nasty exhaustion cards, which are only move two, but they clutter up your deck? So you're sitting there thinking, oh, I've got all this strategy going on how can i handle my next play and when do i want to use these later in the game tons and tons of strategy that really set this game apart for me when it comes to a racing game i really enjoyed this game yeah and the thing is though about the cards you're talking about saving them for
1: later is because once you use a card it's out of the game so once you've taken a card and there's only like maybe a couple high number cards maybe one deck so you don't want maybe you don't want to use them early because once they're used, they're gone. so your deck is getting smaller over time. and the three cards that you don't pick just goes into a discard pile and once you've drawn through your draw deck, you just shuffle everything back together and go again. But like Tony said, if you have those exhaustion cards in your deck, now they're part of your deck cluttering up. Now we didn't talk about it too, but there's a bunch of different types of tracks they give you to build, and there's two elements on the tracks that we just love. it's called mountains well. It's called mountains. That's great. It's called hills (laughs) and you can ascend up a hill and you descend down a hill. And there's rules for each, Tony. Remember that? Where if you're on a hill moving up, No matter what cards you play, you can't move more than five spaces. But when you descend, you'll always move move a minimum of five. And we found out, hey, if you got some exhaustion cards in your deck, that's a great time to play an exhaustion card on
0: the descend because you'll get to move a three bonus spaces. And that can really, really cheese you off. If you pull out some big numbers and you're trying to climb a hill and you know you can only go five wasted energy and you're just like, oh, mm, this really Bites. And then, when you, of course, pull the exhaust. I mean, when you're going downhill, you're like, "Okay, give me low number, give me low number." Get, give- oh, come on, really? And you get these other big cars, so it can really mess with your mind love the game i don't know if i've stated that yet yeah. <laughs> really enjoyed the game
1: it was a surprise i was just so yeah. surprised how much strategies into it because one thing too is 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 the placement of the of the bikes uh riders on the track once everybody moves you you look at the track and see if there's any packs of of uh, cyclists that are by themselves and if there's like two packs of cyclists and they're at least one gap of part or one space apart The backpack will do something called slipstream, where they get to slide forward one space. So strategically, you always want to try to end up at least one space behind another rider so they get to move up one for free. But the bad thing is, if you're leading a pack and you're running out ahead, you're going to take an exhaustion card every time that that uh, rider is leading. What's so exciting, Tony, is they're just now coming out with an expansion for it called Peloton, which adds brand new tracks, uh, adds some, some, some new courses to where there's some one lane tracks where typically most of them are two. There's two more teams, so you can have up to six teams. And that means you can have 12 players playing because you can have two people per team. Oh my gosh, so much replayability coming with, with coming out with the expansion. I can't wait to get it. This is going to stay on my shelf for quite a long time. And in fact, Tony, this is one of those rare instances where not only is it staying on my shelf,
0: we're getting one for you, too. We're each going to keep it, right? That's right, because I know my wife will love this game. And by the way, Slipstream is called Drafting here in the South, because Rubbin is racing, baby. Bring it on. It's a good game. People, give it a shot, and you'll love it as much as we did.
2: Five-minute initiative is complete.
1: so excited to have back on the show at the exact same time from restoration games justin jacobson and rob davio gentlemen welcome back thank you
3: it feels like we were just here <laughs> thank you for having us again <laughs>
0: Hey, hey! we can have you guys any time you want to come. Matter of fact, we're going to set up recurring. That's the way it is here. We are excited. I don't care what y'all say. I don't care if you get tired of hearing this. this. This is good stuff here. Okay, so I thought we were going to leave that curtain not drawn, but somebody pulled it back. This is our second
1: time in a week sitting down together and recording to talk about Fireball Island, which is gonna be on Kickstarter on April 3rd or 4th? 3rd, 3rd. On April 3rd. So, we had this incredible recording last week where we laughed and we had a great time and come to find out one of the audio files failed so these gentlemen were gracious enough to get back on this time tonight uh rob brought a little is it his scotch
2: with you I, this Yeah, time? i said for take two i bring a glass of scotch and if the audio fails again and we do it i'll bring the whole bottle
0: <laughs> and i don't drink rob but i'll be right there with you
3: <laughs> so i have to come clean marty's being very polite it was actually me uh it was my fault and if i'm being completely honest Uh, I did on purpose just because I like talking to you guys so much.
1: Oh, (laughs) oh, that's sweet. Rob's kind of ticked off at you now for doing this. I'm very lonely. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I will say uh, the first time we had Rob on the show, he got injured. We were talking about something and and he got excited and threw his arms up and actually hurt his shoulder. I, I, I I dislocated
2: my shoulder for like a week.
1: So now I look at Rob and he has like his thumb all bandaged up. Now I want to say, this was not our fault that you came in injured
2: to this uh, show. What happened here? I said the name of the idol.
0: Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I uh, I got a old man thumb. Oh, I've been there. I, I got trigger thumb. You can Google trigger finger or trigger thumb, but I had thumb surgery last Wednesday. Okay. And uh, they removed a a teeny tiny... Piece of the clamp that cover, like was on my thumb tendon. I won't get too medical. It was a four minute surgery, and so I went hardcore and I said, "Just give me some Novocaine." And I, I mean, it was in an operating room with proper stuff. And then I just put on these headphones and listened to Helter Skelter really loudly, <laughs> so I couldn't hear what they were doing. And right about when the song was done, they tapped me and were like, "Yeah, we're done."
1: Wow,
2: and, wow, it's amazing. So better that than in a De Vita right? That Yeah, I didn't want that long of surgery or that song, actually. I just said I I wanted something loud enough that I couldn't hear them talking about, well, what we're doing now. Like, I didn't want to know what was going on behind the curtain. And then I remembered about three minutes through the song that Helter Skelter has a fade out, like at three and a half minutes, and then it comes back. So I'm like, no, no, no. But luckily, they finished up right when it was fading out. So it all worked out. Yeah, it's got some gruesome... Frankenstein stitches under there for another week and then I'll be as uh, good as good as new.
1: So is the rumor true that Inagoda Devita was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden and they were just too stoned and couldn't get it out?
2: I uh, I should know that. I worked on Trivial Pursuit for a long time, but I <laughs> I do not know one way. All right,
1: gentlemen, we are having you on because we want to talk about Fireball Island that is going to be hitting Kickstarter uh, April 3rd. Everybody has been so excited about this, and I think the first question on everybody's mind is, number one, why Fireball Island, and how long have you been working on this thing?
3: We started the company back in uh, 2016 and announced a Gen Con in 2016. And one of the first things we did is we asked people what games they wanted us to see, wanted they wanted us to bring back, and we put it right at the top of our website. Tell us what game you want. You can still go there right now. Feel free. Tell us what games you like from the past that you would like to see us restore. By far, the number one request from the time we started that uh, was Fireball Island. Now, I think Tom was stuffing the ballot box a little bit on that one, <laughs> but it was it was a pretty good margin. We actually knew, I mean, from the get-go, we knew that was sort of one of our big ticket games, if we could see if we could try and get it. So we, we started working on trying to get the rights to do it pretty shortly after we started the company, and that took almost a full year of uh working to get that done to the point where it was just a couple months before Gen Con where we finally got it all of last year before we got it all
2: squared away. Yeah. I also liked it because it involved marbles knocking down figures, mm-hmm. which I thought mm-hmm. was was due for a comeback.
0: I think I think you're right, Rob. It really is. I mean, how often? I mean, the, we all grew up with the Indiana Jones and hoping Indy would gotten would have gotten squashed. I, I never hoped Indy would have gotten squished. you morbid fool? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it shortened up the movie a little bit along those lines.
2: It, it, it would have shortened it quite quite a bit,
1: considerably. Actually. Yeah, all, all of so it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The whole trilogy, or
2: No, no, trilogy? Just stop there. It's a Thank trilogy. You. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so the marbles. You speak of the marbles. You know, Fireball Island. You only had one shoot out the mouth. Y'all have designed it. If you go and he won't, we won't say his name. He's got, he's got three shoots. That's, that's he's got three miles. He's got three miles That's scary. Miles.
2: Yeah. So what we do every time with restoration game is we kind of take these buried treasures and polish them off and say, well, why was it fun originally? Let's keep that fun, and then let's rebuild it to work in, you know, in 2018. And when we looked at the game, we realized that there were some things that were kind of backwards from how we wanted to do them now. It was a roll and move, very much in style in the 1980s. Roll a die, you moved. If you rolled a one, marble came down, maybe knocked someone over. So you didn't have a lot of control about how far you went. You didn't have a lot of control of when a marble went. But what we noticed is the marbles had these very defined shoots. So once you rolled one, you pretty much knew what was going to happen. And we wanted to turn that on its head and said, what if you had more control over where you move? What if you have more control over what you're doing on your turn in terms of launching fireballs? But once those marbles start rolling, I don't want to say anything can happen, but you start to wonder like, what if this hops to the left or hops to the right? It's like watching a, a buzzer beater shot is like watching a long putt or a roulette wheel or a miniature golf course. You're just sort of fascinated at what the physics could potentially do. And so we tried to redesign this thing to have a lot more variability in the physics death engine. It's not pretend death.
0: Yeah, that's what confused me about Fireball Island. I mean, you got hit by a stone, and yet all you had to do was go over to the healing pad, I guess, and you were okay.
2: We we even showed that. Yeah, it was (laughs) before you went to a smolder pit and sort of took in the healing vapors or something. Uh, here, you just get right back up. It's very Warner Brothers, Wily e. Coyote, right? Like, all you'll be is a duck bill and some ashes and some eyeballs, and then, boom, <laughs> on your next turn, you're, like, ready Plus to go. fly
1: for the reference.
2: <laughs> and you get a souvenir for your trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can get into gameplay a little bit more, but every time you get knocked over, you're going to lose a treasure, which is what you need to win. But then there's the sort of the special cards, which are souvenir cards, which let you bend the rules, break the rules, do unexpected things. And so if you get knocked over three times, you'll have three souvenir cards, which should enable you to have a big turn later or exact revenge. And we have found that no one likes getting knocked over and losing their treasure, but they kind of like getting the souvenir more than they dislike getting knocked over. So everyone kind of wins. And within the narrative, we thought like, fireball, run, uh, oh, hey, look at this. What's this in the mud, right? Like you kind of fall in and you stand up. Oh, it's mine now. Pure Wile e. Coyote right there. Boom, boom, right there. Yeah, uh, uh, Warner Brothers was a big inspiration for this in terms of its tone.
1: Now, the original game, I think the goal was you had to go and grab a crystal and try to get off the island. Everybody else was trying to get the crystal from you. Has it changed from that?
2: It has. We still have that in there. It was a long path game and you had a start, you had someone had to get the crystal near the idol, and then there was an end space at the docks, and there were a couple branches in the path. It was basically a path game. Once someone got the crystal, if you ran by them on the path, I guess in either direction, you took the crystal from them. Most of the time, again, you could have a card that was like, no, you didn't. And there were a couple bridges that forced you to stop, and the first person to get to the docks at the end with the crystal won. So it's just a chase to get it, and then a chase to steal it. Um, and we kept that in there just to sort of talk about the game. Justin, do you want to talk about the theme? Sure.
3: Yeah. I was going to say it's a good time to talk about the theme. We So, the original game came out shortly after Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was a very hot genre. People were wanting to play as Indiana Jones. Um, but we, you know, that it's been done in quite a bit. Obviously, it's 30 years later. We wanted also sometimes when we do these uh, restorations, we like to do a little bit of a thematic shift. Uh, to sort of signal to the players and the consumer that we're, you know, it's not exactly the same game. It's not a reprint, it's a restoration, as we always say. And so for this one, we said, well, what if we advanced the timeline 30 years? What would have happened? And somewhere along the way, we came up with this idea of this gorgeous, lush, tropical island. Someone buys it, uh, this big adventure tourism company, and they decide to put a resort there. And, you know, these guys are all the corporate idiots you see in all these movies where they just ignore all the horrible warning signs and the looming figure of the uh, gentleman at the top of the mountain and all that. And they've got top people working on it. Don't worry about it. In the meantime, you know, make sure you put in a snack bar over here. And so the concept is that the players are sort of the, they get the VIPs who've won the golden ticket to get there for the soft open and be the first to experience The latest in adventure tourism and of course they have to sign their uh, user agreement with the waiver of liability and also requires them to make sure they take snapshots across the island for their social media feed Um, but they're free to keep any treasure they might happen to find and so that's sort of the fun of the game in terms of the theme is on the one hand you're collecting these treasures which are idols and rubies and things like that you know sort of typical treasures that's the score And then a lot of the souvenirs, which give you some of the interesting gameplay, are like the tote bag and the water bottle and the t-shirt cannon and that sort of stuff. So It's a little bit of that mashup of the high adventure is still there, the threat is still there, but there's this sort of incompetent corporation that's thrown you, an ordinary person, into the middle of it. And one of the other themes that we were working on was this Hitchcockian concept of an uh, ordinary person in an extraordinary situation, and so we've got these sort of ordinary people who are the pawns thrown into this world of high adventure and you know mayhem.
2: They're having a very, very, very bad day, and they regret not reading the user agreement. <laughs> Always read the EULA. Yeah, <laughs> correct. That is correct. He even came up with a name for the company that owns it. It's Ember Corp. Another fine resort from EmberCorp. You will enjoy a wonderful day on a luscious island. Come for the adventure. You will scream in delight, and for other reasons. <laughs> wow! See, that's the kind of flavor text I would read, Marty.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were we were earlier we were getting on him because we were playing the game Middle Earth Quest, and we wanted to read the flavor
2: text. And Tony was getting all upset because we were. Tony, people like me make our living off the italics. Can you just <laughs> can you just read that?
0: <laughs> okay. Thank Rob, you. I don't mind the italics. I mind the paragraph of italics, okay? Okay.
2: That's <laughs> it. Okay, <laughs> that's fair
3: enough. That's that's a frustrated literature major, right? Who, me? No, whoever was right overwriting oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the yeah, italics, yeah. right?
2: It's yeah, it's
1: it's like a paragraph of italics, and then it says, uh move back two spaces. Yeah, <laughs> well
2: there is
0: that. <laughs> so so one thing I do have a question. I mean, the main um, mechanic in the original Fireball Island, which squirrel. I was watching a show the other night, and it may have been a movie on the Hallmark Channel. I kid you not, Marty. We were just talking about. Oh, geesh. They actually had a copy of Fireball Island sitting on the shelves. My wife, I was like, "You've got to be back that back that up." In a Hallmark movie? I can't remember. It was either that or Speechless. I can't remember which one had it.
3: <laughs> they did. So it's funny. We just just this week we, uh, we got tweeted at. Or someone was tweeting, retweeting information about Fireball Island to the creator of the Goldbergs. It's a show on, I think it's ABC ABC or CBS, I can't remember. But anyway. ABC. Obviously takes place during the 80s. And I didn't realize, I knew Fireball Island had been on the show, but I didn't realize it's essentially omnipresent on the show. I just never caught it before. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently he's a huge fan of Fireball Island, so that was kind of an interesting tidbit there.
1: In fact, I think on one of the episodes, and I'm I'll probably going yeah. to be wrong, somebody's going to correct me, I think they actually showed the commercial. In fact, I want to play the commercial right now. Danger lurks on Fireball Island. More than a mere board game, it's a three-dimensional adventure. Your quest, the idol's jewel.
2: Tower I'll go first. A shark! But
1: it's not so easy. Mountains and chasms stand in your way. And beware. Your foes are out to stop you with thundering fireballs. Oh, stop her.
2: And collapsing bridges. Oh, no! Got it! and you don't win till
1: you're off fireball island the three-dimensional adventure from milton bradley i'm telling you when you guys release the game later on y'all need to spoof that commercial like scene for scene i think it would be a hilarious uh, release day video or something like that
2: that is an amazing commercial I actually really like we're not we I don't we're, we're not you won't be seeing a spoof of that on the opening of the Kickstarter.
1: No, no. But I think if later on when you actually do the real release later on down the road, I think that'd be cool.
2: So
3: it's funny when we did the Stop Thief Kickstarter, Osdruval uh, Sofuentes did a spoof of the Stop Thief commercial for us where he played every role himself with split screen split screen technology it's really quite impressive so if you want to check that out go to the stop thief Kickstarter page and we actually had thought about doing that for Fireball Island but we have some other ideas and uh, I guess the dinosaur Island uh, Kickstarter that's running now yep their video is like an amazing spoof of like a 1980s game you know board game 90s their whole uh, thing commercial nine right? 90s 90s yeah. board game commercial so I I I, th- I feel like we might be digging or dipping into that well a little once too often. We're going to have to come up with some other stuff. we got some ideas, though. So one of the big things for this Kickstarter is we want to do some fun stuff. So we've got lots of ideas that we're sort of throwing around, some wild stuff that has very little to do, honestly, with the Kickstarter, the game, anything. It's just some fun stuff that we think the fans will enjoy. And, you know, we want to make it a real community around this game. We know this game is beloved by lots of people. And we just want the Kickstarter to be a lot of fun, in its own right.
1: Well let's talk about some of those because this episode releases the day the
0: Kickstarter is out. So what and will by they the see? way, congratulations on funding. Well done. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Thank you. You said it came out the day of the Kickstarter, yeah. I think. I like your optimism. I love your optimism. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Oh, look! Look! Wait.
0: We can just watch it. It's like the national debt numbers. Watch them. Tro- look at them spin up. There you
2: go. Look at that. <laughs> you can't even keep track.
0: <laughs> They're going oh, so Ima- fast.
2: Imagine if my- that's my week next week. Woo! Oh, that would be crazy. That would be awesome. All right. So what do we have? We've we've got the main game, which we've been sort of talking about a little bit, but I feel like I kind of want to button up for the people listening. The actual gameplay. like We sort of talked about the theme. So you're on this island and you land on a helipad and the helicopter is not going to come back until one person comes back to the helipad with three different pictures from three different parts of the island. Because one thing we want to do is we want to make the island bigger because everyone remembers it being huge, like really big. And it is big, but they remember with that kid type view that it was like their dining room table. Mm -hmm. So we made it bigger, but in order to make it bigger, but fit in a semi-reasonable box – we split it up into three different trays. So you have two, different, two trays next to each other and a third one on top, like, a, like stacked solo cups. Um, so you basically have to get one picture from each of the three different trays. And instead of being one path, it's a network of paths that you can run around on. You have a hand of cards, exactly two action cards. And on your turn, you play one of your two. It'll tell you how far you can move and then what you can do that's special with that card, the action. Oftentimes it's something you do after you move. Occasionally it's something while you move. And that ranges from activating the idol on top of the mountain to flicking one of the ember marbles that are around, like the secondary marbles, or maybe rotating something. Because in order to get the island to be unpredictable, we have trees in different places. There are seven, seven trees on the island, each with a root that sticks out. And you can rotate those and those open up different paths and divert the marbles in different places. So you can try to be aggressive to someone else or just close it behind you to protect you. If you run by a place with a treasure token, there are 36 on the island. Uh, You pick them up and you grab them. Every time you run by one, you pick it up and you grab one. And you might have like a special card that says grab all of them from a spot. So if a spot has three, you get all of them. Um, That's your turn. Then the next person goes and you go around and around until someone's gotten a picture from all three places and they run back to the helipad and then it's a mad dash and everyone has exactly two more turns to get back there you don't draw any cards whatever two cards you have left in your hand those are the cards you have to use to get back so you need to sort of pay attention near the end to keep a high valued card or not wander too far away and then and then you score and there's three types of treasures and they score slightly differently for sets and then you get a bonus if you have a full set and bonus for pictures you take it's not complicated scoring at all big points for heart of what's his name heart yeah heart of what's his name there is a gem we have a gem right up near the idol as an homage to the original if you go grab that once it's picked up it can never be it can only be stolen if someone runs by you and takes it just like in the original game so once someone gets it it's a hot potato so you don't necessarily want to you know you kind of want to stay away from people and then they want to get you and that's a big treasure thing and then you put it all together and that's how many points you get and you get a A bonus if you made it back to the helicopter and you're penalized if you don't. It's a little bit up in the air because um, we just today got the first official plastic. I'm showing it on camera that other people can't see. Vacuum form tray. So now we can see the marbles running on the exact surface they're going to run on. On the exact mold they're going to run on. I was very pleased for a first draft of what was working. There were teeny tiny things I want to adjust. So some of the scoring is still up in the air, and we'll get into the JR Honeycutt Roadshow a little bit later. But this is going to be played all throughout April, all around the countries, driving it around, and so people will play it, and we'll just we'll get a ton of data and adjust the final scoring uh, when we turn over the game, like the final cards in May. Uh, so that's that's an overview of the main game. So you get the three trays, you get the thirty six treasures, all the marbles, plays up to four players, the cards.
0: But Justin. Is there more?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. So, a couple things.
3: First of all, we we well, we, there's expansions. Uh, there's three of them at launch and available in the Kickstarter. And the reason why we wanted to do that is each of them adds sort of a little different twist to the gameplay. So they're they're not part of the base game. This is not something where we just took core play out and are offering it as an expansion. The... The base game is a full, fun, complete game. The expansions just sort of send it in slightly different directions. We've got three of them. One's the big one is uh, the Wreck of the Crimson Cutlass, which MSRP is re, uh, MSRP's at $40. And it offers uh, an entirely separate location to go to. So we do have the caves also from the original one, although they're not quite as random as they were in the original. And you can... Go from the caves to the wreck of the Crimson Cutlass location, which is its own separate grounded pirate ship that's suffered some damage and has this very rickety mast with a crow's nest on top and a very mean-looking Jolly Roger on the bow. And um, basically, you can go there, collect some different types of treasures that do different things. There's these. The golden nuggets that you can get points for, but you can also spend essentially to take an extra action if you want. Uh, but then also there's marbles that get flung around there. they are essentially cannonballs that can get launched out of the, the Jolly Roger on the bow or get placed in the crow's nest. And if enough of them get up in there, it tips over, like spill the beans and spews cannonballs all over the deck. Um, it's awesome. And the best, yeah, the best one is that if if you're if the person is like if one of the pawns is right essentially at the captain's wheel, and you launch the Jolly Roger marble just so you can catch this little lever on the the wheel and send that guy flying like into low Earth orbit. <laughs> um, so that's a fun one. But and and the cards have a little bit more of a high interaction, stealing t- stuff
2: type thing to them. Yeah, the action cards. In the pirate deck allow you to steal any treasure when you run by people. So Mm. if you're playing pirates, it becomes a lot more cutthroat. Normally you have to knock someone (laughs) over to steal their treasure. Now you just run by them. I
0: got it, Marty. Cutthroat. Huh. I got it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was (laughs) punny.
0: Yeah, my favorite part is way to build in the need for people to order parts for later when they lose the little guy who goes flying off the table, and they have to come Mm -hmm. back to Restoration Games for their Oh, I don't know their restoration kit.
3: If I'm being honest, I am terrified at the parts replacement aspect of releasing this game. Yeah, but uh, it is what it is. We gotta we gotta do it. Um, so one of the other expansions, the little one, uh, retails for fifteen, and that is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Bees, which does <laughs> exactly what it says on the label. <laughs> it has a crouching tiger, and it has some bees that are hidden until you release them all through Volcar's mouth. And so the the crouching... You said it. He said name. the word! Oh he
2: said it! You was- said it! The recording oh. is shot! We're going to have to do oh, this again! Look at that. Look at all the people canceling their pledges. The curse is real. Oh.
3: <laughs> can we can we can we
0: edit that out? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. We edit that no, out. No, right look, out. it's going back in so. reverse. The pledges are going down. Look at it rotate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the Earth's going the backwards.
3: So the the crouching tiger is like the ants in your pants uh, ants, where you actually take a, this plastic tiger. He's very beefed up. He's a beefy fellow, and you sort of you put him on the side of the board and you push down on him and he launches.
2: <laughs> Towards the whoop. Hello, who is it? See, I told him not to say it.
0: So wait a minute. Let me get this, Rob. We, we, you finished off your drink, and now we're going to shift to water?
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm-, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to get wrecked on your show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Next Monday, I will. Next Monday, you'll get everything. Well, another thing. Let me tell you about the idol. All right? <laughs> <laughs> now, restore this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got that right, boys. So we're, we're releasing some bees and some pants or something like that. What we got? That sounds comfortable.
2: Nope, no pants. No pants. Crouching tiger, hidden bees. And then uh, the middle
3: expansion, $25 MSRP, is The Last Adventurer. And he's the guy who's been trapped on the island for 30 years and actually knows what the heck he's doing. And uh, he introduces, we have a new mini for him, so he adds an option for a fifth player. And a bunch more cards and treasures and things like that. And um, also uh, snakes, uh, which are smaller green
2: marbles that can bite people. And they poison you. It's great. Snakes.
1: It had to be snakes. snakes.
2: It had to be snakes. And of course, a giant boulder, as we were talking about before. Yeah, a giant foam boulder that comes out of caves and goes around. It's great. I just picture the guy coming out of the woods, like the 80s action here, like, come with me if you want to live. Right? Like, he knows the way. And then... uh, one of the things is, not only does he allow a fifth player, but he sort of makes the four helpless Taurus like into, like, I can do this, and so you get player powers when oh, you add oh, that cool. in. Oh, cool. So they actually become, like, they each have a little thing that they can do that's different.
0: And, and does it change over time?
2: No, they change instantly. It's like a montage just happens, and then they're just good at stuff. Yeah, the guy, like, ties his necktie around, around his, his head, and, head, there's, like, and a, then he's There's ready an to 80s go. montage with, like, Fake drums, like that sort of thing. <laughs> the synth drums, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they just get the player power, and they're off and running. Okay. So I want to just mention, tie it all
3: up in a bow. The base game MSRP is for seventy dollars, uh, but it's available in the Kickstarter for sixty.
1: Ah, oh, cheaper. And if okay. you
3: go all in, so we have two tiers. Um, you can get the base game, or you can get the base game plus all three expansions. Which would normally uh, MSRP at 150, but you can get in the Kickstarter at 130. And in addition to that, we'll have some add ons and extras, free, freebies for backers and things like that. Like I said, we're going to add in all these fun things. So we're looking at, you know, adding some extra cards if we hit stretch goals that we'll just throw in free for the backers that will be available afterwards. So they're not Kickstarter exclusive, but they'll, they won't be free. Yeah. And then also if people want to mix and match, if they just want one of the expansions, they'll be able to do that. Uh, They'll just back the base game and then be able to do that in the pledge manager after the Kickstarter closes.
0: But all this will be available even after the Kickstarter closes in your retail stores. You just have to pay a, a tiny bit more so forth and so on. Well,
1: Correct. That's great because a lot of people complain about click Kickstarter exclusives. Like, well, geez, if I would have known, I would have backed it then. It's like, well, guys, even though you didn't back it, you still have the option to get it. So that's good. I think yeah. that's the best way to do it. If you back it, you get it for free, but you're not out if you didn't back it.
2: Yeah, that that's the hope. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we
3: looked at a lot of Kickstarters and s- looked very closely at what people like and don't like and... We're just trying to make it, like I said, as much fun for everybody. Try and make as many people as happy as possible. We know it's the internet; you can't please everybody, but I think we, you know, we've we've got a tier in there just for uh, brick and mortar re- uh, stores, game stores, uh, to give them an option to do it because we know that Kickstarter can be a problem for them. So we're trying to look at all the angles and sort of see what we can do to make sure there's something for everyone in there.
0: So this vacuum form map that you've put together, the three tiers, one of the original knocks on the original fireball island was, yes, Rob's showing it to me again. That's, show Do me a flex challenge or a tensile test on it. Are, are we going to have breakage here? Talk to me.
2: Well, I, I don't want to do it too much. The thing that people can't see is the the final game is going to be a clear tray and then they're going to print on the bottom of it. So as you play on the top, it won't wear the paint off because every all the yep. paint is underneath it. So when they sent us our sample, it's great, but it's clear. So my wife and I are in the middle of hand painting it because this is the one that we're going to have on the Kickstarter and on the road show. So it doesn't bend much. It's pretty sturdy. But what I don't want to do is prove it and then flake paint off because... Uh, this is sort of a handmade prototype we have here.
1: Now, there's a lot of trenches and everything on, on that thing. How in the world did you guys engineer all those tracks and the three tiers to get the balls to roll correctly and all all like that? Was that trial and error?
3: Yeah, so I just want to say, one of the things I was thinking to myself when we first got the rights to do is, like, why has it been so long since someone brought this back? Because it's very popular, people love, and now I know why. Because it is an absolute beast of a design project from top to bottom, from start to finish. It, it's been unbelievable. The stuff that we've learned during this process that we didn't know, uh, I'm Rob can tell you about it. But it just, I mean, it's, it boggles my mind all the stuff that we've, all the hoops and things that we've had to jump through to, to get it to work. So, I mean, Rob, tell him. I mean, you, you lived it. <laughs>
2: yeah, we, um, we sort of had a couple phases. Uh, we started out doing everything uh, digitally. Right, Like looking at the trays and and kind of like what's their footprint and how tall they'll be and did some samples. But the problem with doing stuff digitally is you can't touch and feel it. Like you can say like, well, just that. Is the marble going to go left or right here? And they're like, I don't know. So it was a very good way to get like a, a big view of what we wanted in the rough footprint. And then we took the sort of 3D print of these trays and we brought it to a place that's relatively close to me. And I used to do a little work with them when I was with Hasbro and they took that and they made an actual clay model of it. Like we were building a car in the seventies and scraping clay, you know, with these scrapers and we just, I would drive down there. We'd literally roll marble down and then we'd put some clay and roll a marble down and scrape some clay and put a marble down and tweak some clay. And we just kept doing that until things were roughly going how we wanted, but we recognized that clay is sticky and plastic is smooth So the marbles will go faster than that. So we had to make everything go slower. And then we had to carve the clay to make it look like rocks. And then they took it and they brought it to like a 12th level wizard who turned the whole thing into a 3D file. Like they took some sort of scanner and scanned every fraction of a millimeter of this clay model and turned it into a plastic tray. And that went off to China and they made a rough mold. And we got that today. And like I said, it does definitely go faster. There's a couple things I want to slow down a little bit, but overall everything's staying on the tracks and everything's going well. And that's where we are. And we're looking at between that intersection of not having to charge people an arm and a leg. We like to make a profit. It has to fit in a box, but it has to be big. So there's been all these different intersections to kind of get this to work. And I'm really happy with where we where we ended up.
1: Well, I can't. I can't imagine the tooling cost on this. Obviously, this isn't you know some cards and a, and a board. I, the the tooling and now it sounds like I have to do some retooling. Isn't that really expensive?
2: So vacuum form trays. If we want to get really inside baseball, are a little bit different than injection molded, and um, in that they don't use as much steel. They are still expensive, but not as expensive. But what what our factory did here is they made temporary tools. Mm. that you're only going to be able to get a few shots out of before they, like, sort of break. Like, they're not enough to do a full print run, but much cheaper to make. Um, So that we could get these, and we have two sets, and they have a set, and I can look at it and be like, this needs to come down a little, or this needs to change Or token, this treasure token. And when a marble goes by it, it's vibrating, it and it falls onto the path. Like, that's what I noticed today. So we need a way to get some tokens from sliding off.
1: You've designed a lot of different games that... <laughs> That you're actually against, like, some physical constraints that you have to deal with that you didn't have to do for, like, you know, your legacy games. You don't have to worry about vibration and speed of things and angles
2: and everything. Yeah, the, this is, uh, this is uh, a lot of toy design is what it is.
3: Yeah, and so the result of that is the cool part, like, what makes it worth it all in the end is that the game experience is unlike anything else you have. There's nothing else like this out there. And that's just the way it is. It's the nature of the form factor and the gameplay all interacting with each other. And that's what's so cool about it. That's, and that's why people like it and still remember it. I mean, that's what it's all about.
1: Once you assemble all the three boards together, what is the footprint on the table? How tall is it? Wide and everything.
2: It is, uh, I always have to do the math, about 26 inches wide by 26 inches By 17 inches, and then the height to the top of the mountain right here is just under five inches, and then the idol that sits on top is another five inches.
1: Wow, that's gonna look good on a table.
2: Yeah, no, I'm gonna start putting pictures out to like we'll have it on the site and our Twitter feeds. Like we're gonna kind of be doing a uh, we're gonna start pushing out all the play tests we're doing and the painting we're doing and kind of showing the behind the scenes of getting the model ready in time for its big debut at at the Kickstarter. So. People start to see all the different pieces and how it looks. Uh, we didn't want to do it right away because we're like, here it is, and it looks like an invisible island. Like it's it's clear. Like, hey, it's gonna be great. And so we now that we've got some paths on there, and we've got some we've got some fire trenches uh, starting to come together.
0: So, other than this incredible amount of work on Fireball Island, which
2: once again, look,
0: hey, it's funded. Do we need to keep talking about it? <laughs>
2: i'm picking guys i'm picking wow it it, will be here next monday talking about it so why not not? (laughs) you
0: know what's funny is when we were talking and i squirreled away about seeing fireball on my original question was the whole mechanic of rolling dice and moving and how you changed it i'm so glad you picked up exactly on what i was trying to get at guys i didn't even have to ask it thank you
2: yeah you're welcome it's it's our specialty, yeah. Yeah, so so for people that missed it, there's not one die in this game. No, there is there I'm sorry, there is a die in this game. There is. There is a three-sider. No, no, it's a it's a six-sider labeled twice, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I was like, how do you pull that off? Uh there are still caves on the island, but instead of being numbered 1 to 6, it's numbered 1 to 3 twice. And also there are the caves 1 to 3 on the the pirate the pirate island. But there's one card in there that lets you roll the die. I probably want to put a couple more into the, uh, the Kickstarter stretch ones now that I think about it, which is you roll the die and you move exactly that many spaces, which is good if you just need to move like one space to get to a picture space and you don't care. But the fun part is after you move that many spaces, you pick someone else and move them that many spaces. So you may all be tucked away safe and I move two and then I'm like, oh, here you go, Marty. And I'm like, Justin, it's your Enjoy turn. the view from the <laughs> bridge. Enjoy the view. Enjoy the view. Let me step you out from behind that route where it's nice and safe to the other side of it. Go ahead. Now it's someone else's turn. So it's just I don't move you far, but I can basically get you out from your protective hiding spot.
0: No, I just like the whole idea of the crow's nest tipping over. That's that's really cool.
2: Yeah, that's kind of fun. Uh, we actually had to shorten that a little bit in Final Design because it was coming down so fast that you missed the cool part. Like it was like, boom, and your eyes were like, I don't know what happened. And we'd like video and watch it. Like that was so cool. We didn't see So we had to shorten it. So it went over slower. So you could actually see all the marbles rolling on the tray. Yeah. The other cool thing
3: is on the deck of the ship are these cannons that you can rotate to sort of somewhat steer the marble mayhem or shield yourself and uh, we actually, I have something similar to that on the main island too, is these trees that we added that are not in the original game, which are great because in, on the one hand, it also adds this 3d verticality to the game, uh, some more of that. So the game again, adding to that table presence, but it also have these roots that act sort of like pinball flippers. And mm-hmm. one of the things you can do with some of the action cards is rotate the trees so, that you can use them to divert marbles either away from your path that you're on or towards someone else and things like that. So, just little things like that we did that, you know, give people a little more control. And then, like I said, also add to the aesthetic of the game.
0: I was really hoping you're going to tell me the cannons are spring loaded.
2: <laughs> we thought about it. <laughs> that was our initial design. <laughs> we thought about a lot <laughs> <No>. <laughs> of things that were spring-loaded. Like there were all sorts of things, and then we there were liability issues that I brought up. Not even Justin, our lawyer. I'm like, no, I worked at Hasbro too long. Like there's projectiles and eyes and all sorts of stuff, and <laughs> we were looking at snorkels. Like you drop a marble down a snorkel and it comes out the short end, which looks like a cannon oh. and fires onto the island and all sorts of crazy stuff that we eventually. It didn't cost out or just weren't fun or like way too much gimmick for way too little payoff. On the other hand, I will add that we do have lots of ideas
3: that are still pretty good that are in the hopper. And uh, so obviously, depending on how well the game does in the Kickstarter and down the road, we'd love to do more expansions. We have ideas.
2: Oh, yeah, I'd love to have a year or two. There are three that I, we could start on tomorrow. That would just be a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Now you guys just got the uh, prototypes uh, in house. Will this is a week before the Kickstarter's is released? Will you have videos showing how the marbles work on the actual game? I mean, yeah, we had those up and ready to go. Okay.
2: Well, we will have renderings, three D renderings of the island. But I, I, I personally want to have real video of marbles going okay. down. But right now, we'd either be showing it on a clay prototype, which looks cool. But you're like, that's not. Is that going to look? It begs a lot of questions. And so that's why I got the trays in today, and my wife and I have been trading off painting duties to get this thing to look at least prototype ready. It won't look final, but at least people look at it like, hey, this is a hand-painted prototype. I'm like, okay, I got it. And we'll
3: have a picture of the rendering with the actual art that's getting printed on the island. So it'll, it'll look like what it will look like when it's printed. Um, and then the other thing is probably a good time to mention is the... Fireball Island Roadshow or World Tour or whatever um, we're doing. It's, one again, one of the fun things. So these prototypes are like a few thousand dollars, these trays. So normally if you run a Kickstarter, you send out like 10 copies to some reviewers and they send you the videos and it's great. And we can't do that. just It's just logistically impossible. So we tried to come up with this idea of what we could do that we could essentially have people responding to the game and interacting with the game when we only have one copy. And so JR is like, well, let me take it on the road. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're renting him a nice SUV, and uh, we got some nice car magnets for it, and a nice uh, Stanley Cup-style footlocker for the uh, prototype. And he is literally driving around from starting at PAX East um, up to a bunch of different places. Uh, we're going to hit through the sort of northeast area down the midwest. Uh, a bunch of different areas. Some of it's still TBD. So there's still a chance. I think that they might even come to North Carolina. I think is on the is a possibility. I know it's on the potential list.
1: Now don't tease me because a week ago it sounded like we were not on the list. If we be added to the list? Don't skip the South, man. I,
3: I hear you, uh, but I think the most recent map has him heading down to North Carolina, so I don't want to. I
2: will look. It could all change by next Monday when we record again. So <laughs> it, the problem
3: is, it's not it's not final, but you know things can change. But I think the plan is to go down there. So uh, as
2: of know. right now, Durham, North Carolina is on there.
1: Ooh. Uh, okay, Tony, we'll take a road trip. That's. What, two and a half hours for us? Well, yeah, I mean,
0: since they're not going to be obviously celebrating a um, Final Four victory.
2: Oh! I'm sorry. Smack! I knew that was going to come up. (laughs) Oh, I hadn't even been paying attention. Did did Duke lose? Yes. (laughs) So it's so funny. Uh,
1: For our take number one last week, North Carolina, our rival had just lost, but Duke had won. And now this
0: weekend, Duke just lost. So next week, we'll know who the winner is when we get on and talk. <laughs> I don't know. Once again, when they were showing all clips of all the players getting ready for ball games, there was a shot of, of the Tennessee players getting ready, and they were sitting in their hotel room, and they had Catan on the table.
2: I saw that. I like was watching something else, and also I'm like, did he just show college basketball players playing Catan? I'm like, that games have gone seriously mainstream. Yes, they have. They really have. And that's, it just shows
0: you. I mean, so you bring back, you give a game a second chance. I have another turn and you keep driving people into the hobby. It's it's fascinating. It's incredible.
1: No, no doubt that a game like this and all the games that you guys have released so far has that nostalgia factor that maybe the, those people that aren't playing games now go, wait a minute. I remember that fireball Island thing as a kid. I'm interested in that. And then you get them into the hobby uh, that way. Well, that's what we're hoping. Well, speaking of which, will this end up in non-hobby stores like Target, Walmarts, etc.?
2: Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. They're not probably this year unless something wildly unexpected happened because uh, those big stores make their plans for the Christmas season the November before. I mean, they kind of finalize them by maybe February, but they go on a big road show to the Hasbros and the Mattels and everything in November get 90% of their shelves locked up, look for a few opportunities first quarter, and then they're done. So these big companies can make enough games to be at the warehouses for like a Target in June to get ready for September, to get ready for Christmas. It's this big, long pipeline. So with us doing our Kickstarter in April, we're early for this upcoming November Roadshow and way late for last year's. Yeah, and to to be clear, the, the Fireball Island will probably be releasing...
3: Hopefully around Essen, but worst case, drop dead scenario, we're going to pull out all the stops to get it ready for uh, Black Friday. Wow. Oh,
1: that, that would be great. But I mean, seriously, because you know, you know, you've got Targets and Walmarts are now carrying Catan and Ticket to Ride, etc. You, you pull out a nostalgic game like Fireball Island, which is going to look great. That's just because of what it does will just attract a lot of people to that game where Catan may not.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly should be appealing to those types of places, but it's just a lot of logistics going on behind the scenes. You, you can't plan. It's got, the planning's got to go out a lot further. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me maybe if it showed up next year.
0: Who knows? Here's hoping. So, it's not going to be a Gen Con. What is going to
2: be a Gen Con? It's going to be a lovely twee little game. <laughs>
0: it's going to be a what?
2: <laughs> Here we go. Sorry. I, I was a bit Irish for you. Yeah, I can be more BBC, <laughs> if you like. The game that we'll be releasing at Gen Con is a lovely little game called Dinosaur Tea Party.
1: <laughs> Which is a remake of what?
2: Dinosaur Tea Party is our whimsical deduction game. Very light, fun, sort of social kid's family-like game it is a remake of a 1970 what is it, justin 76 76 game called who's it by parker brothers which is kind of a multiplayer guess who deduction game or somebody is somebody's a character and you try to guess who they are you Try or to guess like the character so you ask about different traits are you wearing a hat are you wearing a cape it's 1976. Do you have big hair? Do you have bell bottoms, right? Like, are you wearing something with stars and stripes on it? And you basically just ask questions, then through process of elimination, figure out who they are, and you're trying to guess people. That's the original game. The, the original premise was cool because there's also three, four in the original, three in our characters who aren't telling the truth. They're saying something like they're either lying oh. completely or they just alternate between yes and no. And so, they even they always if say no. They always say no, they, no, no, no. Right? They're just very cranky. So the, even if you're guessing, you still have this just this little bit of static in the system of wait, well, but if it could be, but I'm not sure, um, or the, maybe no one's playing those characters. And so we took that, and there there were issues with the theme. the The theme played a lot, not only on racial stereotypes, but bad racial stereotypes. So the characters, the the questions you asked were just awkward, and the, the characters you were playing were even more awkward, so we liked it. I, I actually
3: played this with my kids, the originals, because we were testing it out, and I said, look, I need to let you guys, and they're, you know, pretty young, uh, 11 and 12, and I said, uh, it's a little racist, just so you know, you know, don't, don't worry about it, it's fine. And they were playing the game, and they said, like, one of the questions, is like, are you Oriental, which, you know, we wouldn't use that term today, but... And so they said, well, that's not racist. The person's, you know, Asian or whatever. And I said, well, that's not the problem. The problem is that the Asian people are the geisha, the waiter, and the spy. <laughs> is really where the uncomfortable stereotypes come in, is the role assignments, right?
1: So now you've tweaked it and you said, you know what? We're going to do something a lot safer, a lot more kid-friendly and, and culture-friendly and make it dinosaurs.
2: Yeah, there was a... I had a idea for a game in search of mechanics a couple years ago I said I wanted to make a game called Dinosaur Tea Party which was just about dinosaurs having tea and it just combined everything you love about dinosaurs and everything you combine you know you love about tea parties and they don't go together but they did in my head and so we're thinking about a theme for for who's it and we said maybe it's dogs like different dogs because you can ask more you can do dog stereotypes without you know getting into
0: offending the dogs understand
2: and, you know, are they playing poker? Or do we play out? And then I just said, what about dinosaur tea party? Everyone went, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then we were still sort of hesitant. And then we got a drawing of like a T-Rex in a tuxedo, like sipping tea. And we're like, nope, this is it. This is what we're doing. But the T-Rex has got short arms. How does he get the cup to his mouth? That's the funny part. Okay. I'll <laughs> diagram the joke before we'll spell it out. Okay. Our T-Rex is named Yorick. And I just I just love York. He's just great. He's always like, I love being here. I just love the scones. They're very nice. We should mention, a good, good time to mention, that uh, this
3: game will also be the only game on the market that will have Rob Davio's recipe for oatmeal biscuits.
2: Yeah, we put in uh, uh, recipes for your tea party. So we have cucumber finger sandwiches and oatmeal shortbread. So you can make stuff for your little tea party. It's basically a game where we encourage you to be ridiculously silly, put on a fake English accent. I put on like three or four, and anyone who's English listening to this will realize that even within a sentence, I shift regions, right? That's <laughs> fine. Like, let's just have fun with it.
1: Well, I can undo cockney anyway.
2: So, right, that's you, there all I go. do. So, you just in the game, it's just like, uh, I'm sorry, are you wearing a hat? Right? And the whole idea is that you're at a party, you're a dinosaur. And you're dreadfully embarrassed because you're a British dinosaur um, that you don't remember everyone's name. So you're trying to ask sort of probing questions to remember their name. And you want to be the first one to get three people's names. Uh, Unlike the original, if your name is guessed, you just get a new character and you're still in the game and you're kind of off and running. And, And it's silly and it's fun and it takes about 20 minutes and uh, I wasn't at Gamma, Justin was, but from what I heard, I was delight- delightfully surprised at how many grown people wanted to just settle down with a nice game of Dinosaur Tea Party at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, it was funny. At Gamma, we had uh, on the, our demo table, we had the uh, something else we're coming out with. Um, it'll actually be available in probably July, is the new expansion for Downforce, uh, Danger Circuit, which features a new double-sided board with two new tracks and six more player powers. Hmm. And I had that laid out, and then I just off to the side, I had the box with Dinosaur Tea Party, and I had some of the cards out so people could see the art. And I couldn't get anyone to play Dangerous (laughs) Circuit. Everybody was like, can we play the dinosaur game? (laughs) So it was, uh, you know, the art just really draws people in. I should mention uh, the artist is Matejos Geles Sabrasi. I might have uh, mispronounced that. It would not shock me. But anyway, fantastic artist. So the art really draws people in. The theme is great. It's just fun. Even if you can't do a British accent, doing a bad British accent is pretty much even more hilarious. So it's just a lot of fun, quick game, MSRP for nineteen ninety five. That should be out at Gen Cons.
1: And then uh, you said that the, the Downforce expansion will be out uh, in July, but obviously it'll have a big showing at Gen Con also.
3: Right. That'll be the first uh, convention it'll be available for purchase at. And it, that's uh, really, I'm excited about that, because one of the first, I mean, everybody, Downforce has done extremely well for us. We're actually already on our second printing. And uh, the one thing we kept hearing, of course, is more tracks, more powers. <laughs> and so we listen. And we the tracks are, are actually really cool. There's, there's uh, one track, which is the Crosstown Speedway, which is sort of an urban neon lighting track. Uh, through downtown, that has uh, loops, crossover loops, where the people in the back can actually block the people in the front. Um, And then it also has these two split track areas where you can go the shorter route, but it's only one space wide, so you could get jammed up, or you can take the safer route, but it's a little bit longer, and you got to make that choice. And then the other side is the switchback pass, which is sort of a dangerous mountain... Track with like some spaces that have rubble in them, which is a riff off the Daytona 500 passing lane mechanism, which is basically spaces that you can use to pass other cars, but you can't end your turn there. And so that offers some interesting choices as well. And then we've got obviously six new player powers, so you don't have to use the ones you don't like from the original, or you can shuffle them all together, or however you want to do it and mix them in there and have fun. And that's also, uh, it's the same huge, gorgeous. Uh, Six fold double sided board, and this time the uh, track art is done by the cover artist Tavis Coburn, and it also retails for nineteen ninety five, and it fits right in the base game
1: box. So now, what about all these other secret project names? Uh, can we talk about any of those?
0: It's still too early.
2: Uh, I love this thing because I never know what our project names mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how do you know what you're working on?
2: I can assure <laughs> you that it's too early because I'm the I'm the conservative one who's like, no, 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 now, right? Like, I'm the one who wants it nearly on the boat before we talk about it. Cause I did a little game called Seafall, which I mentioned three years too early.
0: Mm. I think I've heard of that game.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's funny. As
1: uh, Seafall is actually the first time that we sat down with Rob and, and, and played a game at BGG, BGGCon many, 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 many years ago.
0: Yeah, I remember going over there it was. and he was sitting there cutting stuff out for us. I was like,
2: I know, I know. Everyone needs a white whale and that one's mine. So, um, <laughs> and so I have I you know, I want to hear our project. I want to hear our project names. So, the the
3: the yeah, the background for this, this is I am have this fixation. I know it's just deranged, but with coming up with the perfect project name which has to be something that is meaningfully relevant to the game in some way. But I'm terrified that people are going to crack the code. So I have to make it so obscure that even when I tell you, it takes like 10 minutes for you to suss out how it's related to the game. <laughs> so it's, I don't know what it is. It's a quirk. It's my quirk.
0: And that's a cute little quirk. It's kind of like people trying to crack the codes and me naming these episodes after songs
1: yeah and by the way let me, okay
0: stop oh, i set you up i set you up y'all don't know the name of this episode
1: yet so if you don't listen to our show we always try to come up with songs usually pop songs rock songs typically they're classic rock songs that have to relate to some game we're talking about so we're
2: great balls of fire
1: no dang it that would have been good
3: <laughs> you can't do great balls of fire well, Tony, you strike me as a huge pit fan, so Ooh <laughs> I could have
0: done Wait, pit- what? I could have done Pitbull. What? No, I didn't do Great Balls of Fire because, once again, as I was pointing out to Marty at the beginning, those songs are all about love. And Fireball Island's not about love.
1: But the name is, it doesn't matter. The name is still in. Wait, no, wait, wait, wait.
2: I love a good trivia. So it's not a love song that ties, but it's a classic rock song and it ties into Fireball Island. Is it Disco Inferno?
0: That would have been good. Oh, dang, that would have been good too. That would have been good too. Where were you guys when I was trying to come up with a name? You should have told me this last Monday.
1: <laughs> okay, it's, it's okay. So, so it's Fireball Island. So I immediately started thinking about island songs,
2: Pina Colada song.
1: Oh my god!
3: <laughs> You'll never that Beach Boys song with all the
2: islands in it. No, not Kokomo. That yes, one. No,
0: <laughs> it's not Thunder
1: Island. So Tony, so maybe my obvious choice was not right either. Okay, so Tony named this. Fantasy Highland from Herb Alpert. And the
0: Tijuana Brass?
1: Yes!
3: Well, I know him, but I never heard that song
2: before. I I don't know the song.
0: If you listen to it, it's got all this jungle jungle noise going on in the back. I'm thinking, racing through the jungle, carrying a jewel. It was an epic fail. It was almost a seafall fail.
1: Oh! Oh,
0: my god! Too soon! I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Rob. (laughs) holy crap i'm kidding hold
2: on i I need some aloe ah there we go maybe you should
1: go get that full bottle of scotch
2: (laughs) next week i will Uh, we also would have taken jungle love right by steve
1: dang it that would have worked all right so so i just thought of island songs the first one that came to mind was thunder island
2: i don't know thunder island either bungle in the jungle by jethro tull like what are we
1: See, Marty? Okay, never mind. So, never mind. My idea was stupid, too. So, I'll, I'll accept. What about Island Girl from Elton John? I don't know that one. I, oh, my God. Oh, I'm sorry. No, wait a minute. I'm saying no, I'm, gonna say I'm dating myself.
0: You ain't that much younger than me. We're like the same age. But I do want to say thank you guys for the cooperative mode of Stop Thief. That's incredible. When's the solo mode?
3: Soon. It's designed. It's just the question of app development. So, and that's, you know, it takes a little while to make sure it gets right. And then we have to test it so that we actually rushed this one out because we wanted to make sure we had promised it and we wanted to make sure we got it out. Um, And we found a bug shortly after we did it. So we fixed that. It's patched. If for some reason you've tried it and had a problem with it, it is updated. So please update your app. Um, but yeah, we should be moving into app development on that soon. It's just a question of we're obviously putting a lot of focus on Fireball Island right now. But the play, the mode's actually been designed. So it's just a matter of... It's designed and app.
2: it's tested. And I was talking today and I we were trying to figure out when we were going to have a meeting with the app developer. I'm like, we need to wait until Fireball Island Kickstarter is done. We just don't have the time to take our eye off the ball on that one
1: yeah but you've already funded so it really doesn't matter you can get started on the next
2: game now <laughs> yeah that's a, so by the time this comes out that's what we'll be doing right we'll just be like okay that's launched let's just go have a meeting <laughs> That's how Kickstarters work, right? You just hit start, and you come back 30 days later, and you're like, "Oh, it's done.
1: It should be shipped to me by now."
2: Well, that's how it. That's how it is for Rob. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> my, oh. my! No, no, no.
3: This was. Uh, this is. Uh, that's not a burn on Rob. That's uh, kudos. Uh, part of
2: the deal was I had to do all the grunt work. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I am not doing as much on the Kickstarter planning because I'm painting prototypes and and play and doing and, development and designing stuff. games. You know, and like des- the stuff that he's games. actually. I am trying to stay on the edge of the Kickstarter stuff, so I'm not oblivious, but not wading in and writing copy and editing videos and things that I've done before. We we much prefer our Rob designing
0: games. Then all that legal stuff where, you know, maybe somebody else went to school for. And by the way, that's an excellent choice of drink, Justin. Diet Coke. Have you tried the new Manga? Oh, I
3: heard you talking about this on your most recent episode. I'm not just on the show. I am a fan. And I have to say, I did not try the mango. I tried the zesty blood orange.
2: And uh, I actually don't like it that much. I'm glad you said the word orange at the end, because I get freaked out for a second that the Coca-Cola company had lost it. Uh, it's just got a, too much of an aftertaste with that the orange flavor. Too zesty?
1: Tony gave me a mango Diet Coke to try tonight. It's better but I don't. Still, I'm not sure going to go to rush out and uh, and buy it. How do in the world do we get back to Diet Coke? All right. So here's the deal: the uh, Kickstarter is up for Fireball Island. Uh, so you've got this road tour. Can they just go to the website RestorationGames.com to see where this uh, game's going to be going through the states?
3: Yeah. So we're gonna we're doing it sort of like a, a music tour. We've got uh, concert T shirts. We've got and uh, tour dates and stuff like that. We've got lined up, and we've got some really fun places. I know some of the early stuff will so be at PAX East. I know he's going to be at the uh, Secret Cabal meetup at Beer
2: Mongers on the front end of this. Uh, so that'll be fun. But yes, you can go to our website you can, or you can go to our Kickstarter page and see where Fireball Island's going to be. And we're asking you whether you pledged, whether you think of pledging, whether you're just interested in the game, come give it a try. Like We're still looking for feedback on There's a lot of cards. There's a lot of combinations. There's a lot of questions people have, like, can I flick a marble like this? What happens if we have that? We want to make sure that we get as many people playing it as possible. Come on by.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you're in the area, people, you need to give this a try. And if you haven't even gone to the Kickstarter page, you you need to, because, Lord, I don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah, because they're unlocking stretch goals right now. Yes, more stretch goals. We've already
2: unlocked 300 stretch goals.
3: So you asked, actually, I want to mention. So uh, you asked about some of these stretch goals, and so- some We've got some obvious things, right? Like, you know, a little bit of upgrade here, adding some more content there. But some of the fun stuff we were talking about, I just want to mention real quickly. So, for example, one of the early stretch goals we're looking at is uh, Jason Taylor, our graphic design you know, guru, uh, designed the font that is used on the game. And that wow. is one of the stretch goals is if we hit a stretch goal, we're going to release that font and let people use that font to make their own stuff. And then we've got on the complete other end of the spectrum, way back when when we started working on Fireball Island, Jarr said as soon as he found out that we were gonna get Fireball Island I said, Well, it's gonna do five million. I was like, Okay, great, Jarr, thanks. <laughs> and I said, I tell you what, Jarr, if if Fireball Island hits five million dollars on the Kickstarter, I will buy you a car. Oh and so our five million dollar stretch goal is JR gets a car.
2: Oh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs>
3: So I I don't think it will happen, but prove me wrong. You know, I'll be I will be. I, happy I don't to think it will happen.
2: Re- I will be happy to buy Jr. a car if that meant we got to five million dollars on Fireball Island. I like our stretch goal. Everyone gets a pony. <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: Well, let me check the Kickstarter right now. You're already at two and a half million. So you've tra- only got two and a half million we, and, more And we
2: launched six minutes ago. This is incredible. This is great. Yeah, it's just unprecedented. Yeah. <laughs> so we have some fun. St- we have some stuff that adds to the game. We have some sort of fun little bits and pieces that we're putting there, and we're being a little a little coy because that's the nature of of stretch goals. As you kind of manage them and kind of see where where people are interested and 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 then put them in, you know, redo the order behind the scenes. But no, we got some stuff planned. It's gonna be fun. Before we
0: let you guys go, I did go out to our Podge pledge backers who are in the Slack channel. And they, I said, all right, if you're still awake, people. And, and, and Tony, how did they get in that Slack channel? By giving us money to our pod pledge. That's how you get in there. <laughs> wow. Okay. I could have been more tactful than that, but go <laughs> Why ahead. would I be tactful? If I was more tactful, I wouldn't be me. Plain and simple. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I think
2: that's true. That's the unvarnished truth right there. You just, money gives you access. That's right. Money gives you like access. Like most things in life. And the mason jar. Uh, yes that's I'm, right I'm,
0: I'm, I'm getting ready to package all that stuff up and by the way rob's got a battle axe hanging over his head so i'm very tactful with him uh in this video
2: that is a foam battle axe that the mike gray a titan in the industry who hired me had in his office at hasbro and it was one of the things they took it's one of the few few props from from hasbro it's foam i'm not a violent man <laughs> i have a cutting wit but other
0: than that. <laughs> but that's it. But, that's it. But a foam
1: battle axe. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: All right, Tony, get to the question. I know where we're going here. Who in the world came up with your t- company titles and how does one become
2: Tinker-in-Chief? Did we all come up with our own titles or do you bestow them, Justin? I think I have, I know. So the Lindsay and
3: Jason came up with theirs. So Lindsay's our production superhero. Yep. And, uh, but I, I came up, or at least I proposed, I would never impose a title on someone, but I proposed, uh, the ones for Suzanne, who's our master of fireworks and JR's our tinker in chief because JR, what he actually does is, uh, a lot of development on the games and design work, obviously. And he's constantly tinkering. Um, so it just seemed like a good fit. And when I told it to him, he was like, oh yeah, that's it. I love it. So. I just, I you know, who wants these staid boring titles, right, when you can be something cool? I mean, we we work
2: in board games, right? I mean, let's have some fun here. The closest we come to a boring title is mine, and I'm the only guy who ever wears a tie and not shorts. So. <laughs> but it's funny. He's the chief restoration officer, and I can't not call him the
3: crow. I constantly just call him the crow. I'll take it. <laughs> not to his face, but I guess the cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> call it to my face. I like it.
0: Um, another quick question. Justin, have you ever experienced the card that Marty and I were, was able to get in the game Robinson Crusoe from Ignacy? No. What are you talking about? You know, you're asking this because this is
3: my number one game of all time, right?
0: Yes, but there's an actual card in volume two that was uh, crafted by Ignacy when my wife said, we're getting rid of this game because it's too depressing. Someday you need a sunny day at the beach.
3: Oh yeah, 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 I did. I think I did remember that. I forgot that that was from you guys. Yeah, I haven't gotten that one yet. I've. It's funny. I've played a few times uh, with my second edition, but uh, I have not gotten that card yet. I've seen it though.
0: Rob, Justin, who's the better cook?
3: Oh, there's only one way
2: to settle that. But yeah. Oh, I want to be there for that. I want to judge. <laughs> there's only one way to settle that. So let's hope we hit a stretch goal.
1: Oh, you got to go to the iron. Was it iron kitchen? The, the iron what's kitchen. The, what
2: the, iron chef at the Gen Con. I think we need to set something up. We don't know where we don't know how, but uh, let's just say let's just say one of us has been paid to cook. Oh, Ooh.
3: listen, I'm there's no doubt I am the underdog here, but uh, I, I got the I got the
2: skills to pay the bills. Yeah, I, I actually don't know who's the better cook. I, I, I if we did a chop challenge maybe me, Uh but if we all got just to make our favorite dish, I'm going to put it with Justin because I'm just such a, I don't have a favorite. I just have this restless mind where I always am experimenting and doing other things. And I bet Justin just has like five dishes he can just nail and make perfect, like time in and time out.
1: I say we get a couple hot plates in the booth at Restoration at Gen Con and we have a cook-off every day.
2: Yeah, I'm sure the Gen Con LLC (laughs) people would love us doing cooking demos on their floor. They love cooking oil in the dealer hall. Yeah, <laughs> hot hot fats, and there's, it's great.
3: And knives, lots of knives, too. They lots like of that. knives, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, so every week, Tony puts up a poll on BGG, and we, and we put up just one today, and it's food-related, typically. So we're going to ask you guys the food-related question is, of these Mexican foods, what is your favorite? Taco, burrito, quesadilla, chimichanga, fajita, nachos, or... Tony's last entry is, you idiot, you forgot the best thing
2: uh, uh, ever. Uh, the last one. Oh, what did Tony not put on there? I don't know, but that was a Mexican list written by an American. <laughs> that, that is true. Hey, Taco Bell's menu is not that long.
0: <laughs> a gordita.
1: Can I have the Dorita Loco taco, please?
3: So I'm a I'm a fajita guy all the way. I mean, yes, I agree. There, it's a very Americanized list, but uh, nothing wrong with that. That's all good eating right there, and uh, I, I do like fajitas quite a bit, though. Uh,
2: yeah, it's fine to me. Any one of those is the same thing. It's the same ingredients and it's how many folds did you put in your tortilla right like and how much assembly did you have to do yourself like did they finish it or are you finishing it did you fold it once did you roll it up like really at this point it's like just a, a slight technique and finishing thing to the same six ingredients so i i the whole basis of the question i'm i'm just going with i'm just questioning the whole thing that's why i went with the last one
0: And yes, uh, there's always the common answer. Tony's an idiot, and I appreciate all the people. For some odd reason, that one leads usually. I'm not really sure why, but but, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can handle that. Oh, 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 yeah. We rolled our Lord of the Rings RPG characters the other day. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we we were excited about that. We're looking forward to it. Now we just have to wait three months before we're able to play and get together. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Can
2: I be a Hobbit brewer and gardener? With like, I just want to sit and not adventure, and just brew beer, and smoke a pipe, and you guys tell me how it was. Yes. Can I be that character? And you just, every couple months you send me an email and said, we did stuff, you (laughs) made a stout. And I'll be like, thank you. That's all I want out of my character. (laughs) We can get you some pipe weed. That's fine. You can just say, like, it's harvest time. And I'll be like, oh, fantastic. (laughs) The Shire looks so pretty this time of year. Don't give me an adventure. Rob wants to be that
3: farmer that they run through his field at the beginning. Farmer maggot. Yeah, Farmer Max, exactly. That's who Rob wants to be.
2: Yeah, a shortcut to mushrooms. Is that what it is? Now I don't remember. Someone out there is going, no, that's not it. (laughs) That is not right. They'll
0: they'll let us know. Of course they will. And that's fine. We're happy with that. So once again, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules a second time. And for coming on to the show, telling us all about Fireball Island, which you really didn't need to because it's already funded and
2: met its stretch goals. All of them. We still want to get Jr. His car, yeah. Yeah, no, we went from launching at the start of this to JR had a car at the end. It was just a world record. It's amazing.
0: JR's excited right now. They didn't say what kind of car, Hot Wheels, whatever. What was that thing about Hot Wheels the other day, Marty? Lord, let's let them go and we'll talk about (laughs) it later, okay?
2: All right, we will talk about... Was I supposed to be recording this? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you gentlemen and we cannot wait till we have you on again i'll see you monday if you had not had a chance to go out to thebrokentoken.com be sure to check it out you'll be surprised at some of the new things they've added as well as some of their classics like what what do you mean like what tell me like, like what like well the Gloomhaven Organizer Still a hot topic Then you've got The Mystic Veil Organizer And we all know That the Kickstarter For the Mystic Veil Just ended So be sure to get that No it did not It didn't? No Edge of Darkness Just ended Well Edge of Darkness you, you, Don't You're throwing me off man well, I'm sitting here Trying I, to I'm look at you That's not Mystic Veil Okay it's not Mystic Vale, But we're talking about The Broken Token Okay sorry And they're really cool Dice tumblers They're modular Did you know that? I want one I want two. I want multiples of those. I want to see you try to put together the modular dice tumblers, and then it stands five feet off the floor. I would love to. I think I'd rather do that than the Gloomhaven insert. I'd rather drop dice down that than sit there and read flavor text. Anyway, (laughs) go check out TheBrokenToken.com. Okay, we got to wrap this up. We've been here
1: way too long. But hopefully it was very informative for people to hear about Fireball. And those guys are so much fun to have on the show. They, are.
0: they really are. And, you know, I mean, the hearing... that I could just sit there and listen to talk about the whole engineering behind doing the um, mold form to th- make the island. That, to me, was very intriguing. And <laughs> we were just joking
1: about how, how much money they're going to make and stuff. But, Tony, honestly... I bet you it does fun within the first day.
0: I, I hope it does. They they deserve it. I mean, I'm seriously thinking, okay, do I want to go in a penny for a – what is it? A pound for a penny, a penny for a pound? Um, sure. Okay, one of those two. Do I want to get the expansions or do I want to see if we're going to be getting the original back out on the table before? But the bees, just that whole idea <laughs> of releasing the bees. I mean, what that it? is Was it so Cr- uh, Crouching Tiger Hidden Bees? Speaking of Crouching Tigers. Yeah. So – are you still going to comic book stores? What the heck does a crouching tiger have to do with a comic book store? Nothing. I'm just trying to move on.
1: Okay. okay? Um, I still do go every once in a while. I Because uh, there's a couple of comics
0: I still pick up here and there. So, yes. Okay. Have you put in your pre-order for Action Comics number 1,000? I saw that was coming out. I didn't know that I needed to. I thought i should just
1: be able to walk in and get it because don't you think they're probably going to overprint those
0: i think so i mean there's you know some major artists are going on it jim lee so forth some uh a story not ever printed before and i mean it's it's eight dollars it's due to come out i believe is around the um april 18th time frame if okay. I, if if they meet it but i'm sitting here young, know, like do i need action comics want that what other comic book will make a Oh no i i totally agree uh,
1: well detective comics oh detective Comics. it's it's up in the 900s right now i mean i will go and get it just to have a copy i know it's not going to be worth anything but i just want it because it's it's 1000 i mean it started what in the in the 20s the 30s it took a long time to get there
0: right and that's why i'm just kind of curious about it i'm uh, like you i don't want to buy it for any hold on to it oh it's going to put my kid through college wait she's already through college But it would be a nice one to have. I just don't want it to be... But the way they look, it looks like it's going to be this huge graphic novel. And that's not what I want. I'm more than a comic book. Well, it, it is a comic book. It's probably just probably thicker than normal. I was going to say eight dollars for a comic book. Is that what comic books are going for now?
1: No, 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 no. They're they're two ninety five, three ninety nine, something like that, depending okay. on which title that you get.
0: No, this just because
1: it's a special one.
0: All right. I didn't know if maybe since you were still going to a comic book store, if people are if you're putting your name down on a list, and if I need to run into one to get my name on a list.
1: And you know, I, I'll check on you. I, I I'm not sure, but I'm I'm for sure interested in getting it. I definitely want to get. The Detective Comics uh, when it comes out too because I'm, I'm also very interested in that.
0: Okay, just check on that for me and let me know so I know if I need to uh, de- deduct eight dollars from my far- Fireball <laughs> Island um, nest egg so that I can have Detective uh, not Detective Action Comics one thousand. I appreciate you taking care of me.
1: Yeah, and that's finally it's actually a good little uh, a segue uh, because uh, speaking of graphic novels, Van uh, Ryder Games is coming out with the Kickstarter uh, right now where it is a... You remember the old um, choose-your-own-adventure books that we had as a kid? Yeah, I always turn to the page where it says you died. Yeah. <laughs> you know you read through the, the book and it says turn to page such-and-such such to continue the story. They're coming out with a line of graphic novels uh, based on the uh, the same concept and they sent us an early prototype of one that's called captive and it's going to be a series of game a uh, series of books with different stories that sat on the kickstarter and they're going to be like 22 23 uh, bucks a piece now the one they sent us is, is soft cover but the kickstarter is going to be hard hardbacks i actually played through this the past couple days tony and this is really cool number one the art in the book is good. I mean, it, it, the artist looks like any any typical type of artist you'd find in, in, a, in a good comic book, and the the whole concept is is that different panels have numbers on them. So just like in the uh, the, the adventure books, uh, it says turn to page such and such. As you're reading through the comic, it'll say you know go to eighty or go to ninety six. Mm-hmm. Or what's really cool because everything is in pictures. There are clues in the pictures. So say for example, you go into a hallway there may be like four doors with numbers over the top of the doors, and that's the panel that you turn to. Ah. Yeah, but it's more than just that. At the front of the book, there's actually a character sheet where it has strength, dexterity, and will. So it's like a little RPG where you assign points to each of those. And as you play the game, it'll do tests. It'll say, oh, well, if your dexterity is six or greater, then go to this. If it's less than, go to this. So if you were to dodge something, you know, once you would be successful in one way, but not successful in the other. But the thing is, though, is just like you said, Tony, you can die was well, the same thing here. There's health in here that you can take damage over time. If, if you, you know, get hit or something, it'll say subtract four damage, subtract five. But I think the coolest concept is the idea of there's this time. I'm not going to give away uh, the whole story, but the premise of this book is, is that your daughter's been kidnapped. And you have to go to a house to try to find her. And as you're playing the game, you may run across a panel that has a little hourglass symbol. That means a time has ticked off. If you uh, have not found your daughter within 20 time ticks, you lose. Or if you finish the game and find your daughter, you can always replay the game because you can try to do it quicker because there's multiple paths. Today, I actually found the daughter. I actually won. The problem was, is I didn't escape. So I didn't make it out alive, but my daughter did. But now if I go through and play it again, I know that there is this certain item that I need at the end to keep myself alive. So what this makes me want to do is go through here and investigate different rooms and try to find that item.
0: It is a really cool idea. Think about how this has transitioned over time for you and I. An adventure book like that, where you pick your adventure and your path. We had those highlighting pins that would turn things that were invisible and suddenly they appear. You remember those? Yes. Books? And we continue down the line. Now there's these things called escape rooms. And now there's these the exit and unlock games. And look, oh, look, we've come back to an adventure book. I'm liking this. History repeats itself. Look at that. It's amazing. I have a series of uh,
1: books called Destiny Quest, uh, which is like a a choose-your-own-adventure, but it's like an RPG, too, because it has stats and everything. So this kind of combines that with the graphics. Like, today I was... uh looking at one panel. And I happen to notice there was a small number on a desk in one of the panels. Mm. And I went and flipped to that page. Sure enough, it was a note for me to read. It was a clue. So not only are you reading it, you need to look at the art itself and look for clues embedded in the art. So I'm very excited about these. This is again, a Kickstarter by Van Ryder games. There's a whole series of books. There's different stories. There's going to be character sheets online. So you, you haven't ever got to write in the book. So Tony be one of those things. You could get a book. I get a book. And then we trade. So I finish the adventure, hand this off to you and you can play it too. So I think this is really cool. Um, I, I'm very excited to see what they do with it. Again, it's like 22, 23 bucks, hardback. Go check it out. It's on a Kickstarter. We'll put a, a, a link when it's up in, in our blog or on our website, or I will we'll share it on Twitter at Dyson Names.
0: I was going to say, you better remind me about that. I don't always remember that. Putting those links in there. Yeah. Well, well, that that's what I'm here for. If you have not responded to your pod pledge survey for your shirt, Please do so. Marty and I would kind of like to get those out the door so you can be fashionable for the upcoming con season.
1: <laughs> fashionable. Is that what we're calling it now?
0: Yeah, it's fashionable. It's a t-shirt. Everybody's okay. gonna, All right, It's going to, you're going to look really good in those things. There's, let's face facts. I mean, you know, it's special. Yeah. You're going to look really neat.
1: And if you um, just say, you know what? I don't want to give you guys any money, but I want one of those cool shirts. You can go out to redbubble.com. Uh, And uh, get some uh, shirts from there. Every once in a while, they run sales. Like today, for example, they're running a 20% off all T-shirts.
0: So if you're listening to it, you missed out on that sale. But there'll be other sales, I'm sure of that. So please come check us out at rollingdicetakingnames.com. Did I get it right this time? Uh, You did get it right. Oh, sweet. And keep rolling dice. And taking names.
1: Thanks for listening to RDTN. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names, we're trying to get 1500 members in our BGG guild. So please join the guild at one 5, 8, 9. And don't forget, you can get a special code for miniature market. If you go to
0: miniaturemarket.com slash RDTN. I'm tired. I'm whipped. They, this interview took it out of me. I just, I don't have anything in me. I, I can't do this after a bit tonight. Dude, we we got to come up with something. I think it's time that we unveil Plan B. Dude, come on. I, I know there's the, you know, a case of
1: emergency, break glass, Plan B, but that's that's cheap, man. Unless you got something, Plan B it is. Fine. Alexa, tell me a joke.
2: Knock, knock. Who's there? Karma. Karma who? Karma, 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 come un. You come and go. You come and go. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
1: Portal Games is still gearing up for con season with some new releases coming up. But, you know, they got their new expansion to Alien Artifacts Aftermath out and coming, hopefully soon to a store near you, there is the Robinson Crusoe in-store event kit for 2018. Uh, there's going to be some special items in there that uh, your store can have for you to play the game, and if they're not advertising it, make sure to go tell your local game store owner about this in-store event so they can go order the kit. Tony, I think we need to get to our local uh, game store to get that for us.
0: I think they do, but the best card is in the base game. It, it is. It Sunny is. Day at the Beach. You cannot go wrong with that, but poor Portal Games, I mean, a Golden Geek nominee for Alien Artifacts. So we know you're going to look in that expansion third printing of that. Yep. So go check them
1: out at portalgames.pl and then you can select your language English.